Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Bridgehead. My name is Jonathan Van Maren, and I'll be your host for the next half hour. Now, I know most of you are quite used to me having very depressing cultural updates. Uh, On The Bridgehead, over at thebridgehead.ca, I try to do a weekly culture update, and unfortunately, as of late, there hasn't been a lot of good news to share. And one of the most depressing topics to examine has always been uh, what I call the porn plague, because uh, pornography at this point is, is so pervasive that it almost takes a small miracle for someone to make it all the way through childhood and then adolescence without stumbling across pornography and then being caught in the snare that pornography is. And pornography is, is pure poison. Uh, Pornography wrecks everything. It destroys relationships. It objectifies women in a way that allows men to see them not as people, uh, but as sex objects that are essentially a collection of body parts for male pleasure. The vast majority of pornography now, and the most mainstream kinds of pornography on the internet, are, are ugly and violent and misogynist. Now, I would uh, I would argue that pornography is an inherently misogynist because of the way uh, that it, it, it transforms gender dynamics and the way that it causes men to see women. But the kinds of pornography uh, that is, is coming out now is, is far more overtly uh, misogynist due to the violence. Almost 90% of top-selling porn films now contain violence against women. Nearly half of those films uh, contain name-calling so disgusting there's... N- not a single name that I could actually use on air just to illustrate to you exactly how bad it is. When I was doing research initially to uh, begin doing some pornography presentations at universities, I read uh, Dr. Gail Dean's book. She's a a feminist sociologist, and she compares pornography, actually, uh, to a hate crime against women. And in her book, Pornland, she has this absolutely gut-wrenching and and disgusting chapter in which he describes all of the different names that women are referred to in porn. I didn't even make it all the way through the whole chapter because I didn't want those names stuck in my head. And it's been quite frustrating uh, to see how many people are willing to ignore the fact that porn is dangerous. It's, it's almost a willful blindness. We know that imagery changes the way we see things. The whole marketing industry and the whole media industry is, is based on the idea that a repeated exposure to visuals can, can reshape the way we think. Advertisers have been utilizing these practices uh, for more than a generation. But there is some actually good news for once on the uh, anti-porn front. And that's because people are starting to recognize that the violence pervasive in porn today is, is incredibly damaging. So we've got Utah, the state of Utah, which just declared porn a public health crisis. For those of you who have been following this show for a while, you'll remember my interview with Dr. Mary Ann Layden from the uh, University of Pennsylvania, and she said that we need to start treating pornography like we treated smoking, like a public health crisis. Um, Further to that, the, the, uh, the government in the United Kingdom, uh, as my next guest will also mention, has been taking steps to uh, restrict porn use, to, to at very minimum place barriers in between impressionable children and violent sexual material. And uh, we are seeing an increasing recognition in the media of what porn consists of. There was a front-page story on Time magazine 
that talked about the relationship uh, between uh, porn and violence as well as, as porn and impotence in men. And additionally, the Washington Post published a full article describing porn as a public health crisis. And now, uh, right here in Canada, we have a member of parliament that has put forward a motion suggesting that uh, porn is now so pervasive that it demands more research. And that is a member of parliament, Arnold Viersen. He's a new conservative MP of the constitu- uh, constituency, pardon me, Peace River, Westlock in Alberta. Now, Arnold agreed uh, to join me and discuss his new motion uh, asking that uh, the health committee investigate the health impacts of violent sexual material. And uh, I was really quite thrilled that he agreed to join me. I hope you'll enjoy this conversation as much as I did. So tell us a bit about this motion you've put forward. Uh, yeah, well, thanks for the interest, first of all, Jonathan. It's, uh, yeah, it's uh, not something that I said, oh, when I got elected, this is what I'm setting out to do. But uh, since I got to Ottawa, I've been, uh, I got chosen number 37 on the private member's bill list. Uh, so it was something I had to kind of come up with a private member's bill. Um, I received several letters from the riding uh, indicating that this was a concern. Um, did a little more research, got in touch with uh, a number of different folks, one of them being uh, Rotea Parsons' mother. Now, you might remember Rotea Parsons mm-hmm. from a number of years ago. She's a 17-year-old girl who was uh, raped at a party, and then the boys were bragging about it on Facebook and passing images and pictures around of, of the actual act. And it was, to me, that at the time, that was like extremely disturbing that, first of all, these boys would do that and then brag about it um, as if this was something normal and to be bragged about, essentially. So um, her mother, she, uh, Rotea Parsons, after all of that went down, um, she attempted suicide and later died in the, in the hospital. And her mother has now started a, an organization to try to prevent that from happening again. And so I got, got in contact with her and uh, a number of other organizations that she put me in touch with. And together we've come up with a, a motion for the Standing Committee of Health to be instructed to examine the public health effects of the ease of access and viewing of online violent and degrading sexual material, material on children, women, and men. Um, it's, it's probably it just basically to start the conversation. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's been a little, probably somewhat overdue. The last time anything like this has been studied in Parliament is in 1985, and that was long before the internet existed. So today we're saying, hey, the internet exists. This violent sexual material is available on the internet. What kind of health effects is it having on our society? Well, what kind of response has it received so far? Because what I found interesting about this particular topic is it's one that that a lot of different people agree on. There's very radical feminists who have been making this case for a very long time, like Andrea Dworkin, Dr. Gail Deans, even Noam Chomsky. Uh, Justin Trudeau answered a question during this last election cycle about violence against women by saying he thought that violent pornography might have something to do with it. So this motion, while maybe being seen as a conservative thing because it's coming from a conservative member of parliament, uh, should attract a lot of support from, from all sides of the House, shouldn't it? Yeah, that, and that's our hope. Like we, we worded it in such a way as to not be antagonistic. Um, it, I think it's a nonpartisan issue that everybody recognizes uh, that it is an area of concern and it needs to be looked into. Um, 
that is the hope for sure. I'm, I'm continuing to engage my colleagues in the House on the House on it to support my motion. But I've, it's been interesting to watch. Um, just to some degree, I think perhaps it's just because I'm doing like I'm involved with it now, and it's something that I haven't been involved in in the past. But Time Magazine, uh, front cover of Time Magazine this week, uh, has an article totally relating to how how violent sexual material on the internet is affecting boys. And mm-hmm. The Globe and Mail just this week had a had an article as well. And in my writing, um, the Alberta Teachers Association is sponsoring a small pilot project to to see how uh, violence on the internet is is affecting boys. And so they've in the Swan Hill School in my writing, they've started a pilot project there to see see what they if this is something that like the sexual health and the and the mental health of boys, how is it being affected by sex, online sexual material essentially? So it's 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 interesting that it, since I've been working on this, there's a lot of different angles that it's suddenly um, cropping up. I guess essentially, is that I, I'm not the only person talking about this. No, in the UK in the UK they've been talking about it for several months already, perhaps years. Mm-hmm. And uh, the state of Utah in the United States has just passed a public stating that this is a public health crisis. So it's, uh, it's initially when I took this on, I thought it was a bit of a niche a niche project, but it seems that uh, the conversation is being had around the world. Well, certainly, and I was actually just going to mention uh, Utah and Great Britain because I interviewed uh, Dr. Mary Ann Layden. She's done some of the most extensive research on the connections between porn and violence, and she's the head of the Department of Psychiatry at the University of Pennsylvania. And what she told me was that she started researching uh, pornography when she realized that in 10 years of counseling the victims of abuse, uh, she found that every single instance involved pornography in some way, and it was that reason that propelled her into doing research on porn. So, well, some of the research done by people like her who, you know, might not even be natural allies of the anti-porn movement be uh, very, very helpful in convincing your colleagues to support your motion? Yeah, that's, and that's kind of what we're looking for. I, I, I would state, though, that this isn't necessarily an anti-porn piece of legislation. It's not any legislation at all. Mm-hmm. We're, we're specifically targeting um violent material, sexually violent material on the internet. And it's not it's to say, hey, what what kind of effect is this having? So it's, uh, it's prob- perhaps a little bit different than what they've done in other jurisdictions. And perhaps that down the road, we'll see what kind of recommendations come out. If, if I can get this passed through committee studies, that they'll come up with their own recommendations. And perhaps down the road, there'll be some legislation or, or working with working with internet service providers to, to see what, what, uh, what comes out of it, for sure. What have initial reactions been like? Um, it's uh, yeah, it's everywhere I go. People are either completely unaware of the reality of what what exists on the internet, or or shrug their shoulders. That's probably the biggest thing. Is just a lot of people shrug their shoulders and have no idea what what goes on or what lives on the internet essentially. And that, as young as yeah, the average age in Canada is. I think 12 years old when, the, when the, our young people are being exposed to this, and that that is shocking for to most everybody that I encounter. And they say, "Well, um, we had no idea, essentially." And so, um, it's yeah, it's probably a 
just the big education thing is probably the biggest deal. And people are shocked and also like clueless at the, at the same time, just like, whoa, they had no idea. 30% of the of the bandwidth consumed in North America is used for viewing uh, sexually violent material. So it's uh, it's it's something that's a big part of our society, and yet the vast majority of people are not not a, at all aware of of how how pervasive it is. I guess. Yeah, the statistics uh, are quite shocking. It's something like eighty three percent of males view porn every single month. In North America, uh, close to 90% of mainstream porn now features some version of violence against women, uh, whether that be uh, slapping, name-calling, or a number of things that are, are far too disgusting to mention on air. And I find the same thing uh, when I speak on this topic at universities, that people are very shocked about what porn actually is. What sorts of things have you learned since you uh, sort of embarked on, on this, this journey? Well, I've learned that it's a, a very a dark road to go down. Um, it's not something that I would really encourage anybody to research. In the fact that it's it's you, you learn you learn things about humanity that you wish you didn't know. Very true. But uh, but it's yeah, it, it's I've learned I've learned a lot about I, essentially like if you look look at some of the current events, they start to make a little more sense. We think of like the Dalhousie dentistry students and the, their whole actions and the, the Frosh Week and things like that and mm-hmm. the, the sayings that they have. If if the majority of these boys are, are, taking, are consuming this kind of content on the internet, then suddenly a lot of their comments kind of make sense because it's something it's a reality that they live in. Um, we look at the the recent Giangomeshi case, uh, he, he was he was um, not found guilty, but he he did admit to to punching, slapping, um, abusing. Well, abusing. He, he was not found guilty of that, but he he, he admitted to to having um, roughed up some of these girls, mm-hmm. and that was considered normal. Yes. Um, and so you you if you take into account what what is being normalized on on the internet, then yeah, these things are normal, and so that's probably one of the things that I learned the most is, is that there there is, in my mind, anyways, there seems to be connections between the top eighty or the top fifty viewed videos on the internet and uh, what what the attitudes that are being portrayed in some of these news stories that we get to hear about. So, Dalhousie dentistry students. Uh, the Frosh Week from the other Amanda Todd, Rutia Parsons, Shiyoga Meshi, go down the list. Um, it's, yeah, in my mind, I'll draw the correlation essentially. Well, you're precisely right about the Giango Meshi case. He actually admitted that he was engaging in unsavory and, and abusive acts, but what the newspapers, including the Globe and Mail, said was that they were wondering whether or not he had committed, and I quote, unwanted sexual violence. So there seemed to be no debate about the fact that sexual violence was present in these relationships. The entire discussion boiled down to whether or not there was consent, which is turning out to be a pretty uh, flimsy barrier in between sexual violence and women engaging in relationships with men who have been feeding on a diet of porn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's... It, uh, and it's... it. What's interesting about it, and that's why um, 
this my committee is to look at the effects on children, women, and men is, is that, and particularly younger people, because it's the internet is more part of their life essentially. They are being educated by this stuff, and it's the boys are being their expectations are being driven by it, and the girls' um, expectations of what what a normal relationship looks like is also being being driven by this. So it's uh, yeah. So when it ends up, is it was it consensual? It was to some degree. Yeah, there was they, these girls have the expectation that or have the feeling that this is what is expected of them. You, yeah, it's, it's quite disturbing. You've mentioned that this topic has a lot more solemnity for you because you're a father of young children. Yeah. And I was thinking when, when I read Justin Trudeau's interview from during the past election cycle in which he cited his role as a as a father of, of children growing up in, in the age of Internet porn, that that was one of the things that... Sort of concerned him greatly. Uh, do you think comments like that will can help build common ground to discuss this issue? Because, as you say, this this should be a very nonpartisan issue, and those who are raising children in this age should all share the same concerns. Whether you're sending daughters out into this world, or you're worried about sons being influenced by this material. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 all like the whole gamut, essentially. Like uh, whether you're boys, girls men or women, we are all being affected uh, by by changing attitudes, changing perceptions, changing expectations, all, all of the above. And then there's also the whole like mental health issues that come with it. As if if you consider that uh, violence and pornography, when they're combined together, um, if you have the sexual stimulant and the and violence, that that ends up triggering two places in your brain at the same time. And when that happens, it's more powerful than any illicit drug on on the market. And so you end up with an addiction that is unlike any other addiction in the world. And so whenever we're dealing with addiction, it's always a, a mental health issue, essentially. And, and that's that's another total aspect that I, I, I hope that gets covered when the when the health committee uh, looks looks or examines the health effects of, of this stuff. So what are you hoping Canadians learn from this motion? You've said you don't wish the research you've done on anyone, and having done a lot of the same research and read probably a lot of the same books as you have, I I can uh, completely agree with that statement. The world seems like a very dark place once you've read a, a few pages from Dr. Gail Dean's book or or uh, uh, the book Pornified or a number of these other papers that have been recently released. So what yeah. what do you want the pu- Canadian public to know about pornography? Because obviously you want them to know something about the violent material that's out there, but at the same time you don't necessarily want to expose them to the full range of research that you've committed yourself to. Yeah. So I, would, uh, I, I think I would like Canadians to just be aware that, um, first of all, if you have children, especially, um, be aware that this stuff is available. This stuff, I, I've, every time I have a mother in my office here, and I bring this up, they all have a story about how their child typed something wrong into a search engine, and got not they did got exactly what they didn't want to see, and were horrified and traumatized by that. Right, and then so, in often cases, it's not so much that it's 
going out searching for, it's something that they come across by accident, or it's targeted to them. We have to remember that this is a $96 billion industry worldwide, and it, it is an industry which has, which is marketing is a big part of it. Um, it's not necessarily as, it's not out there wide open marketing, but they, they use social media, they use whatever it means it takes to get people into the, in the door essentially and, and get you hooked on it much like the cigarette companies of the past. So it's, yeah, there's, to be aware that this stuff is being marketed to your children, be aware that it has the potential to change perceptions, change attitudes, and to be aware that we are in possibly the biggest social experiment of history um, when you combine uh, the Internet, uh, sexual violence, and easily accessed by everybody. Um, we are we possibly in the biggest social experiment ever. Well, interestingly, uh, to add to what you you said about them targeting children, they're actually tagging many of the hardcore porn videos they produce with tags like uh, Dora the Explorer or other children's cartoon figures to hope that children looking for very innocent, very age-appropriate things will stumble across their product and become hooked at a very early age. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly... Uh... That each of the mothers that I've spoke to now in, in my office here, were, they would mention, they said, yeah, my, my daughter was innocently typing in um, Fluffy Bunnies was the one that they uh, they were typing in, right, and got way more than they ever bargained for. And so it's it's these kinds of things. So there is there is uh, programs out there that, like uh, filters and that kind of thing you can put on your computers. Um, and your personal devices, and, and I would encourage m- most parents to to avail themselves of those those services. I, it, to regulate the internet is an impossibility, I think, to some degree, mm-hmm. and it is I not necessarily. I don't feel that it's even necessarily the government's role to do that, but it is uh, much the same as Health Canada has had uh, public health campaigns against smoking and things like that. Um, I, I hope that something like that would come out of this, this health committee recommendations. Well, one final question. You've put this motion forward. It's it's triggered a lot of discussion. I've seen this motion mentioned uh, on a lot of a lot of different web pages and put forward by a lot of academics who are, who are excited that this conversation is starting. What do you realistically hope to accomplish with this particular motion? Or are you just seeing this as the beginning of a conversation that you'd like to see uh, go on in the House of Commons? Yeah, I, I think like I'd like to see the motion pass and the health committees do a study on this for sure. Um, after that, I, I I haven't thought about what what the next steps are after that. If it makes it through there, I'm just focused on that at this point. Um, yeah, I, I think that all all Canadians need to grapple with this to some degree and uh, and make their personal decisions on on most of it. Uh, this. There's a lot of ongoing work. There's some great organizations around the country that are that are doing work with this, and it's uh, if we can make connections, correlations. There probably has to be some more research done, um, but if we can make correlation and connections between violent sexual material and some of the other social issues we have in in the country, um, we may be able to take some some steps. But uh, that's all speculation at this point because we. It, it, we all have to wait to see what the committee comes up with. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us about this. My pleasure.